I'm glad to be here. I just, uh, um, I have, uh, I have a, a friend, he's a pastor, and he wanted to tease one of our, uh, one of our pastors who is uh, half African-American, half Filipino. And so he went on Google to find someone who looked like one of our pastors. But what he discovered was someone who looked like me. And I discovered his uh, South African model of a breakfast cereal, cereal breakfast. So I'm still looking for him. If you, look, if you find a guy who's, who look like me, I realize I came from, uh, from Africa, not from Asia. But uh, I'm glad to be here. I've been here, I think, last year. Um, last year, we didn't have, uh, 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 didn't have any favor going to the safari. We didn't see much. But last night, we saw four out of top five when we went to the safari last night, maybe because we had, uh, we had with us uh, your, you and your wife, right? He was with us, and Pastor Jonathan was there, and his wife, and uh, Pastor Bishop Manny, and myself. So they're black, white, and brown. And so the African animals showed up. <laughs> so we're so glad. We went home tired. And so I'm glad to be here with you, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Jonathan, I, I had a chance to meet up with Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Philip when they were in the Philippines and uh, doing the intensive for the Every Nation Seminary. Uh, they were doing their intensives there for uh, more than a few weeks, and so I, I got a chance to have dinner with them. And, and since we're having our GO conference in Cape Town, and all of uh, most of our people from, you know, some of our people from all over the world will be going to Cape Town this coming week, uh, so I decided to come early and visit once again our church here in Willow, Tuane. Did I say it right? And so I'm glad to be here with you. And uh, next week, uh, if you'll be staying behind, uh, you have a special guest next week. Steve Merle will be speaking, I heard, <laughs> on, a, on a video, I think. But uh, I'm glad to be here. Bring out your Bibles with you. And, and I'd like to share with us uh, the word of the Lord this morning. I, I believe we're going to have uh, our worship service as well tonight. At 6 p.m., right? 6 p.m., I'm glad you, ch you have chosen to be here this morning than tonight because I know tonight I'm going to sleep during my sermon uh, because, uh, you know, it's going to be 3 o'clock, 3 a.m. while we're having worship service here. It's 3 a.m. in the Philippines. So if I end up sleeping tonight, oh, no, that'll be the worst sermon, I guess. So I'm glad you're here with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn it to Luke chapter um, Luke chapter uh, 6, and I'd like, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like us to stand up and as we read God's Word uh, today. Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 12 to verse uh, 19, and, and it says, chapter 6, Luke verse, verses 12 through 19. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray. This is Jesus. And all night, he continued in prayer to God. And when they came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. 
Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, or Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Cariot, who became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed from, uh, of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirit were cured and all the crowd sought to touch him for power came out from him and healed them all this is the word of the lord for us today let us pray father we pray today uh, we are just grateful to be able to come together as a family of of, of, of churches all over the world, not just this coming we- weekend in Cape Town. Every nation churches from all over the world will be uh, coming together in an amazing conference. But Lord God, today as we are celebrating uh, a time of worship together as a people of God here in Willows, we pray that you touch our hearts. We pray, Lord God, that you need our hearts together and continue, continue uh, Lord God, to s- uh, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. May your presence be with us and touch our hearts as we hear the preaching of your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. As we are uh, coming here, you know, in in the Philippines, uh, we uh, have been under the uh, European rule for 400 years and, uh, and, and the spirit and the Spaniards brought this type of Christianity in the Philippines. That's why the Philippines is called the only Christian nation in Asia. Uh, because of Catholicism, uh, the, the Spaniards brought it in there. And they stay, stayed in our, in our nation for 400 years. So you can imagine that. The oldest uh, uh, university, at least in that part of the world, is you know, University of Santo Tomas uh, brought by the, the Spaniards during that time. So imagine we're surrounded by Muslims and Taoism uh, from Japan and, and all Muslims all over and Buddhists. And, that, and these islands of the Philippines is a, is a Christian nation. So probably at one point we can, you know, relate culturally because in our nation, Almost uh, 90, 90% or 95% would claim to be Christians. And we all know that these are basically mostly a cultural type of Christianity. When someone says, I'm a Christian, we just say, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah because it's almost like saying, I'm not a Muslim. So it's a cultural thing. Um, and, so, and so probably uh, in your nation here in South Africa, uh, probably almost similar in some ways where people would claim to be Christians. And so there's that, there's that cultural issue that we are dealing with. And, and, um, but I think uh, we need to dig deeper uh, and, 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 and define what Christ- Christianity is all about. It's more than just being, cult- being relevant culturally. But is it really in our hearts? Is it really for real? And that's, a, that's something that we need to contend with. Uh, there's a saying, it's not because you're born in a garage. It doesn't make you a car, right? And so in so the same way, it's not because you were born in South Africa. It doesn't make you a Christian. 
It's not because you're born in the Philippines. It doesn't mean you're a Christian. And so there's a, there's a need to redefine, if, if I can say the word. Not redefine, but dig deeper and find out what it means to be a Christian. One of the, word, one of the words connected to the word Christian in the Bible is the word disciple. Disciple. And some people would define it as just a learner. A learner. Somebody who's learning. A student. Um, and, and, and in some circles, they would define it, the uh, disciple, as to make Christians better Christians. For them, that's discipleship. To make Christians better Christians. Find Christians around, around, uh, in your surroundings, and from there, make them better Christians. For them, that's discipleship. But if you dig deeper, what do we mean by disciple? Disciple is actually more coming from the word matetis, where we get the word math, matetis, mateteo, which has something to do with being attached to the teacher as far as his doctrine and conduct in life. In other words, I'm not saying that, you know, people that you meet, you want them to be attached to you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about developing fan base like an influencer, you know, like a social influencer. You turn your followers into, you monetize your followers so you earn from YouTube or something. That's not what I'm talking about. We're not talking about building a fan base. We're talking about a disciple, meaning being attached to Christ and his word and his conduct in living which is found in the scriptures. Let's redefine the word disciple. It's not just a cultural thing. It's not just about being to, to learn or being a student all over again. But it is being a follower to a person. It's not a cultural uh, you know, idea, but it's a person. The word disciple is being attached to Christ himself and his word and, and, and his deeds. And that's what a disciple is all about. And and Jesus himself um, lived his, his life for 33 years. But only when he reached 30, that's when he started the ministry. And when, we, when he started the ministry, for the, last, for the last three years of his life, he spent most of his time doing, the, doing what he was called to do, which is to disciple. And, and he came to die for us, and he did it at the last year of his life. But most of that time of ministry is done through making disciples, relating with the people that he, he was around, the, the few. Say the few. The few, the 12. And uh, did he preach to the crowd? Did he heal the sick? Yes, he did. But he was so strategic that he had only three years to go, but he knew what to do within that three years. He knew what to do. And he's the only savior of the world and he decided not to preach uh, to, to the crowds every day, but to spend time with the few uh, most of the time during those three years. And we're going to look at that, and he did that and exemplified that. But I want to look at first how he did it uh, and how he, ex how he exemplified it uh, as we move along and before he at the end of his, uh, after his resurrection, that's basically what he told them to do. And says, go make disciples of all nations. Because he lived it out. Not only that he lived it out, but he set the pace. Which, that is the verse we read today in Luke chapter 6. And we're going to look at that and just dissect that a little bit today. And we'll find and, and try to have a time to uh, pray together 
uh, in a while. So here are, uh, you know, here are uh, some of the uh, uh, relational dimensions that, we, that is important that I'd like us to see, uh, uh, see here. You know, uh, we live in a, in a, in a culture where, uh, you know, we have so much uh, uh, online platforms and we have so much followers that we think that by having all of these people, we, we, we could, we could uh, uh, think that we are connected. But most of the time, a lot of people are disconnected in spite of what's happening in all these platforms. Uh, people are still isolated. People are, 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 are disconnected relationally. People are still uh, disjointed. Um, there's not much uh, depth in relationships in spite of all that, are, uh, that we are experiencing out there as far as online platforms. And so let's once again redefine it today and look at how Jesus did it in the first relationship. First dimension of, of relationship that he showed us here. It's just a very short verse that we can miss it. And we can move along to the better verses. But I don't want you to miss this one verse. Verse 12. And we're going to look at that again right now. Verse 12. Which has something to do with our upward connection. It has something to do with our upward connection. Jesus' devotion to his Father. And let's look at verse 12 right now. And, and, and this is what it says. Verse 12. In these days, he went out to the mountain to what? To pray. And all night he continued, continued in prayer to whom? To God. Now here's, that's just a simple verse. Then the verse 13 downwards is all about his, his, his relationship with the 12 and then the crowds. But before you relate to the crowds and to the 12, you have to see first his relationship with his father. Here's Jesus who's about to start his ministry in, in, on this earth, but he, given, he has given priority uh, his relationship with the Father more than anything else. Look at what he said. He went out to the mountain to pray. All night he continued prayer to God. So our upward connection is very vital. It's very important. Uh, you know, I... I uh, I mentioned about jet lag, uh, uh, you know, last night on our way from the safari going back to our lodge, to our place. Uh, we were, Bishop Manny and I were asleep in the car. And we were so tired. It's like we were, you know, we were conversing and then suddenly it's like we're asleep in the car. It's like what's happening here? Well, it's 3 o'clock in the morning in the Philippines. My body says... Rest now, you know. And we were, we were so tired. It was already around more than 10 p.m. So I went to my room, locked the door, and slept. And uh, I felt so spiritual because I woke up around 3 a.m. And I thought, it's time to be with the Lord. <laughs> I felt so spiritual. Why am I getting spiritual? I'm just in South Africa and Pretoria. Why am I getting spiritual? No, that's jet lag. <laughs> And so what else are you going to do at 3 a.m.? And you cannot even close your eyes anymore. You can't sleep anymore. But to get my Bible and read the Bible. I felt so spiritual this morning. 3 a.m. reading my Bible. <laughs> and so I was reading my Bible. And I was just enjoying the book of, of, of Hosea. 
what a what a sad what a what a prophet what a committed prophet i was reading in chapter 1 how the lord says go ahead i'll give you an illustration prophet hosea an illustration of how israel had been mistreating me this is what we're going to do you marry that person who is profligate who is having relationship with other men you marry him and have children what and I'll show you how Israel is treating me. Then they named the kids Jezreel, no mercy, not my people. What, what, are, what are those kinds of names? Indian names, no mercy. Jezreel, is, it sounds okay. Second is no mercy and not my people. Those three kids. I was reading that this morning and how committed Hosea was to his calling as a prophet. And he's willing to use his life and his family life as an illustration for God to show God's people how much they have not been committed and faithful to God. What a chapter. I'm still in chapter one. I couldn't even finish. So then I slept again. <laughs> Anyways, but you know, before the pandemic in 2020, um, I just thought of, you know, buying Notebooks. I love notebooks. And so I saw this uh, exotic notebook from Japan. It's a 360 notebook. You can fold it like that and you can write on it and it's still perfect, you know. And so, and so I bought a bunch of those. I said, you know, I want these. And so it was red and it was probably, I bought five maybe. And I bought it and then I was thinking maybe someday I'll be able to blog. Maybe I should buy a tripod, you know. So I bought a tripod, you know, I was, you know, I was preparing for the future, you know. Lo and behold, lockdown came. And we have to record our sermon. Now I can use the tripod. So I was wondering, maybe the Lord just told me to get a tripod, not to be an influencer, but to prepare for the pandemic. Then I bought, I bought my notebook. I thought I'm going to run out of notebooks, so I bought it. I realized I'll be using it for the next two and a half years for my devotion. Because I bought those notebooks for my devotion. And I was just enjoying my time reading my Bible during the pandemic. I would wake up in the morning and then my wife and I would compete. There's that part in our house where you know, it's the only open space in the house in the second floor where you can see the sky and the trees. And so whoever would wake up in the morning, that will be his or her place. But she wins all the time. And so I end up spending time in, in, on, on the bed and reading my Bible there. But I would read and get that notebook. And I filled up most of the, notebook, uh, most of the notebooks during the pandemic. And I love writing down what the Lord is speaking to me. And I, I, I grew spiritually even during that time. And... Some of you might, might be wondering, why are you doing that? Ah, I know, because you're a bishop. You're a pastor, that's why you're doing that. No, I don't do that because I'm a bishop or a pastor. I do that because I'm a Christian. I read my Bible and I pray every day. You know, do you know that it's easier to pray after you read the Bible? Sometimes it's kind of hard. You wake up and you don't know how to start speaking tongues first. Or, or what am I going to do, you know? But, you know, when you read your Bible, you wake up in the morning and you close your eyes first and, and just take the time and, 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 and don't just doze off, you know, when you close your eyes. You just take a deep breath. Lord, thank you for this morning. 
Thank you, Lord, that you, I'm still alive during this time. Thank you, Lord. And I, and I consciously just thank him and being gracious, uh, being, uh, allowing God to, to, uh, to speak to me. And I would say, Lord, I, as I read my Bible today, speak to me. Then I would go read six to eight verses, just six to eight verses, and enjoy each line, each word, and then read it. And I make my own observations, and then write it in my notebook, and then write down what the Lord spoke to me through, that, through those verses. And then I would put a little prayer at the end. And that would be, and then, and then I'll just write it down, and then I'll spend the rest of the time praying and thanking the Lord, praying out from, uh, jumping off from the verse. And I, and I do that every day. And I do that as a believer. And, I, and I, it's been a practice since I, I came to know Christ in 1984. Yes, I'm 58 years old today. You know, when I was 18, for almost 40 years ago, I came to Christ. And these Americans uh, went to our, my university, started giving flyers and telling us, uh, they started discipling us. I came to know Christ through an, to a, a, a rock and roll presentation and got baptized the same night. I think I shared that the last time I came here and, and um, came to know Christ. And, and what, before I left that night, I came, attended, came forward, gave my life to Christ. And, and then he says, are you willing to get baptized? Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized, every, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. He says, have you been baptized? Are you willing to get baptized? Have you repented of your sins? He says, yes, that's why I came forward. Are you ready to get baptized tonight? No, I don't have shorts. What religion is this? <laughs> and then explain we're a Bible-based Christian. We believe in the Bible. So I said, sure, uh, but I don't have shorts. No problem, we'll lend you one. So I was, they lent me an American shorts. You know, when I was a teenager, when I was 18, I was so thin, I go sideways, you can't see me anymore. <laughs> I mean, I was so thin, man. And so I, so, and then, and then we lend you shorts. I was holding on to my, to that American short. They went to a, we went to a hotel and then we went to the uh, swimming pool at the back of the hotel and we got baptized the same night. And we were filled with the Holy Ghost the same night. The guy who baptized me, I came out and started, and started speaking in this language. Uh, I thought, what is this? I thought I was speaking the language of Iceland because it was so cold. <laughs> I mean, it was. And then, and then we came out and, and, and then shared with us. We changed and then came, went back to the lobby and shared, shared to us again, Acts 2.38. And then we started praying again to the Spirit. All happened in one night. Came to know Christ, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit the same night. Amen. And the guy says, do you have a Bible at home? Then I remembered Gideon's Bible. We're giving away Bibles at the gate of our university. And I had this small Gideon's Bible, as big as my uh, 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 co computer calculator as an engineering student. I would put it at the back of my 501. And I brought it that Sunday, my Gideon's Bible. Who among you have your Gideon's Bible with you? You had it before? We have it. And then, and then the guy says, that week somebody told me, he says, you read your Bible every day and get a notebook. And I thought, get a notebook? Why? Because you're going to write out what the Lord will be speaking to you through the scriptures. And I bought a notebook. I bought a small one. Because it, 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 it connects with my Gideon, small Gideon's Bible, right? So small notebook, small Bible, right? So I could all, it can all fit on my, on my jeans. So I, I thought Christianity would last only for a month because these Americans would be back 
to America and we'll be left behind. That would be it. 40 years later, almost 40 years later, I'm still here. Reading my Bible with my notebook because I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus went out to the mountain to pray. And he continued on all night to pray to God. Do you know that, you know, I, I heard this, but I want to say it to you today. When God created, when God decided to create trees, he talked to earth and, says, and says, let there be vegetations. And trees came forth. When he decided to create fish, he talked to the sea. Let there be uh, 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 swarms of, of, of swimming, whatever these things, these, these animals. And fish came forth. But when he created man, he talked to himself. Let us make man in our image and likeness. You, you know that? Do you know that, that, that the tree's natural environment is soil? Do you know that the fish's natural environment is the sea? And do you know our natural environment is God? We were created for him. And so we can connect with him. We can relate with him. We were born to relate with God. Westminster Catechism says, what is man's goal in life? Remember that? It's to enjoy God. It's to, what is that again? How did it, how was that mentioned? What is the chief end of man? Westminster Shorter Catechism, if you remember that. He says to the chief and is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's what we're here. We're, that's why we're created. A.W. Uh, Tozer said this. Let me just read this and we move along. It says, God formed us for His pleasure. So formed us that we are as well as He can, as He can in divine communication, communion, enjoy the sweet and mysterious mingling of kindred personalities. He meant us to see Him live with him, and draw our life from his smile. What an amazing picture. We are created for him. A lot of, a lot, a lot of cultural Christianity today, they go to God in worship because he could, they could sense God is useful. He's going to bless me. I go to God because he's useful. But when will be the time that will come and we will see God, not only that He's useful, but because He's beautiful. May we come to that place when we realize God is beautiful, that He gives us pleasure. It's more than just, ah, I go to God because I want to be blessed. No, no, no. We grow from there and say, Lord, I want to know you. I was created for this. And that is to relate with you. Amen? The second relationship that's part of discipleship. Discipleship is, once again, being connected upward. But the second one is to be connected inward. Being connected with one another. Jesus' deliberately, uh, Jesus' deliberate effort to choose his followers. And he did it right in verse 13. Let's look at that right now. Verse 12. And he says, And when the day came, he called his disciples... He called them. I like how, how uh, you know, it, it, you know the, the, the word 
leadership was defined, it wasn't just that a leader is born or a leader is made. A leader is summoned or called. Jesus called his disciples. How many, how many, how many, how many of you are glad that the Lord had called you? He, he, didn't, he didn't call you because of your performance in your background. He called us just because he just called us. That's it. Like Abraham. There's nothing that Abram did that made God, oh, you know what? Abram and his family are doing a fantastic job. They love me. Let me call them and I'll give them the promised land. No, they were worshipers of other gods. They were from Ur of Chaldeans. They were worshiping idols, the moon god. And yet God called them out of the blue. Nothing, not, nothing to prove to God. Just, just this, the Lord just decided to call them. And Abraham followed and obeyed. And, and, so, and so here's the Lord called the disciples and chose them. Uh, Twelve. And he called them his disciples. But I, I like how he, he put this. Um, and, he says, and he says here, his disciples and chose them, twelve, whom he named apostles. In one verse, we see disciples to apostles, apostleship. In one verse, we see a disciple, and yet they become leaders. May we become leaders as well. And the Lord would use us to be sent to be a blessing to others. Disciples and then apostles. And, and then he went one by one and named them. And I don't think he was biased uh, because some, he named them with descriptions. Some, they just, he just named them. That's it. And, and, and we go along in verse uh, 14. It says, Simon or Simon. Here, I think you say Simon, right? I met Simon a while ago. Whom he named Peter, Simon. Whom he named Peter. I don't know why Jesus is into that habit of changing people's names. So, but he did. Maybe too many Simons. So he said, I get, no, not that he get confused. So he just named him Peter. No reason, he just did it. The scripture did not mention. And so he named him Peter and Andrew, his brother. Okay. And then James and John, no description. Then he moved along. And Philip. And Bartholomew, Bartholomew may be Nathaniel, the one seated under the tree, if you remember, the man without a, a guile in him, if you remember him. And then Matthew and Thomas, no description, just names. And then James, son of Alphaeus, maybe he has to say son of Alphaeus because there's so many James, Jameses. James, and then Simon, I see, that's why I told you there are two Simons here. Simon, who was called the Zealot. Because the other one was already named Peter. And then he says, and Judas, the son of James. He has to say that because there are two Judases. And Judas Cariot, who became a what? Now, now listen to me now. All, for all eternity, the last disciple was described as a traitor. Could you imagine the description of a guy? who is a traitor, relationally speaking. He wasn't faithful relationally with, with, his, with his master. He sold them for 30 pieces of sin. He has done nothing yet. 
Remember, he's just calling his 12. He already named him the traitor because he's going to be uh, betraying Jesus at the later part, right? On the third year. And yet he was described already as the traitor. What a sad name. Judas the traitor. Even Jesus himself wasn't successful 100% in his relationship. One of the 12 was a traitor. Who among you here, you have an amazing relationship. Everyone's perfect. Nobody. Even Jesus didn't have a perfect relationship. Somebody betrayed him. Are you here with me? Somebody betrayed him. Even in his this small discipleship group. I heard a lot of, of single I heard before, single women would say, I'm not going to get married anymore. Why? Because, you know, you know what happened in the past, so I, I don't trust men, you know. Maybe you can say that because of the failure in the past. But it doesn't mean that you had failure relationships. It doesn't mean this will stop you in relating with others in the future. The Lord has a plan. We are designed not just to relate with our Maker, We're designed for a community. We cannot be isolated and disjointed. We cannot. I'm I'm glad that somebody stood up here this morning and asked whose birthday is uh, being celebrated in the month of September. And can you raise your hands again? September, right? This is October already. Am I correct? But okay, September, raise your hands. All right. Happy birthday. Uh, Mine is September as well. October. Who are you celebrating your birthday? October. Nice, that's amazing. Happy birthday this month. You know, it's, uh, uh, God, is, God is a relational God. God is, uh, God is not just transcendent, but He's also eminent. That He's near us, that He's Emmanuel, God with us. He knows the number of hair on our heads. Some of you, you didn't even know yours. You know, how many, how many fell off this morning when you talk about, if you did? You didn't even know, but God, God knew everything about you. Could you imagine start the service and talk about birthdays? Why? Because, you know, I, I, you know, I would love to do that as well in the congregation I'm in. But I'm just saying God is concerned not just of the big things, but He's concerned about you and I. He is eminent. He is right here, right now, present right here. And, and, and so... And so, so I'm just saying this just to show us that, that uh, we can have failures in our relationships, but it doesn't mean that we'll be, we'll be isolated the rest of our lives. Learn to trust again. That's just the way it is. Jesus continued on. He was betrayed, but he continued on. His disciples whom he called all ran away. And yet when he was resurrected, he called them back again. Remember? In John chapter 21, he called uh, Peter. He says, Peter, do you love me? Remember that? And Peter says, I love you, Lord. Why don't you feed my sheep? Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know I love you. Why don't you tend my lambs? And then the third time the Lord says, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. Why are you asking me this, you know? It says, well, why don't you feed my sheep? And here, here's the Lord who, the, the very person who denied him three times, the Lord had called him back three times and asked him three times, do you love me? 
And, and, and why? Because relationship is important. We cannot, we cannot afford to go on in this life without relationships. And, and that's important. Last night, uh, there was a question. What was that question? Were you the one who asked that uh, question uh, last night? Uh, or Pastor Jonathan about what would make you last long in ministry? Pastor Jonathan asked that question, and Bishop Manny responded by saying, we lasted long. We, we were in here because, because of our relationships, because of Pastor Steve who, who trusted us and believed in us and, 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 and so on and so forth. And, and so that's, uh, that's very important. Uh, living, you know what, uh, uh, relating, uh, doing things together. Uh, uh, I, believe, I believe that's one of the reasons why we're, we're still, uh, we're still uh, together up to today uh, with, our, with, our, uh, with our team in the Philippines. Uh, we've learned... Uh, we've learned we, there are some challenges in our relationships, but we've learned how to uh, forgive quickly. Um, last night, uh, we had the chance to, um, I think I mentioned it, but last night we, uh, we, we saw four out of top five uh, in the safari last night. And we're talking, so we saw a pride of lions lying down on the ground. And we were talking about why are they attacking us? You know, and we were there and seated in our, in our truck, and they were there lying, lying down, and one lion stood up and kind of walked a bit, you know, and, and then we were just wandering. And, and we asked the guy, he says, we, or he explained to us why, why, the, why the lions are not attacking us. And he's saying that he looks at us as, as one unit together, as one unit, that truck with all the tourists but if one guy, one tourist would decide to get out of that truck, then they will attack. They will pound on that person who got out of the group. And you know that the devil is like that as well? Here's, he looks at us as one unit. The enemy cannot attack us. But should one of the sheep decide to get out of the flock, then that's the time you can expect the wolves, like the lions, who would come and attack. We're stronger when we are together. We're better when we are together. Realize that you cannot do it alone. Realize that individualism should not remain in the church. Um, and, and, and so community is important. Um, uh, it's not a cultural thing to be in community. Some people say if you're from the West, you're more individualistic. If you're from the East... From Asia, you're more families, like in the scriptures. Legia and, and her family got saved. Remember that? The jailer and the family got saved. And it's all about community. And that's very important. I, I remember I gave that story. Do you remember that story about, about, uh, about, um, about uh, a barber? You remember that story, right? A barber who had a free haircut. Who among you heard that story before? You didn't hear that? There's, there was a barber who woke up one morning and decided to, have, to give free haircut. And so uh, he had a free haircut that morning, and one guy came in, a Japanese guy. Remember that story? The guy came in and had a haircut, and then the barber says, I'm, you know, the, I like my haircut. How much? He says, no, it's for free. Uh, I just decided to give you a free haircut today. Really? Oh, thank you. Then the Japanese left. And then the French guy came 
and had a haircut. And then the barber says, uh, you like your haircut? Go ahead. How much is this? It's no problem. It's for free. It's on me. He says, really? Oh, thank you. So he left. Then a Filipino came um, and had a free haircut. And had a haircut. And then he cut his hair. And then the barber says, uh, go ahead. You don't have to pay. Really? Oh, thank you. So the Filipino left. The next day, the Japanese came back with a gift. Sushi and all this. And gave it to the barber and says, thank you for my haircut yesterday. The French guy came in. Uh, the next day and gave French bread and says, you know, thank you for my haircut. And then the Filipino came with nothing. And the, the barber says, uh, didn't you like your haircut? He says, I like my haircut. Why, why did you come back? Well, uh, come out with me. Let's get out of the barber shop. Let me show you. And then he went out of the barber shop. And you know what he saw? A line of Filipinos wanting to have free haircut. <laughs> That's uh, the Asian way. It's group. Uh, we're very, you know, you know, we're very community, uh, you know. We're into that, you know. And so you laugh, but you know what? It's not just a Filipino thing. It should be a normal thing where we live in a community, where we value relationships. We value one another. I don't care whatever color of your skin. We are a family. I like how you put it, Needy. You started off by saying, hey, good morning, family. And I was thinking, you're black. I'm brown. <laughs> At the back of my head. But he says, family. No more barriers of colors. He, he, he described it as a family. May we see one another as brothers and sisters because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are all brothers. We are all sisters. I don't care if you have black hair, curly hair, straight hair, blonde hair, or black gray hair, or no hair. We are a family. Can we just give a lot of hand for that? We are a family. The last one, the last relationship. You cannot define discipleship without these relationships. First one is our upward relationship. Second one is our inward relationship with one another. And some of you, you'll have a foretaste of that this week at Cape Town. We will be there. We'll be singing songs from all over the place. I heard from Lindri. Was it? Lindri mentioned that there's going to be songs from different. I, I, I contacted Pastor Garrett from, from Berlin. I said, Pastor Garrett, uh, look at what I'm listening right now. I in the Philippines. I watch up him and send him uh, what I was listening to in the car. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a German song. Worship song. And I said, I remember our worship in Berlin, and I'm listening right now. He said, it's going to be in our world conference. Oh, looking forward. So I'm going to be hearing that song with subtitle probably at the bottom. Right? We're going to be hearing Afrikaans with English at, you know, subtitles at the bottom. We're going to be hearing Tagalog songs with English subtitles at the bottom. But it doesn't really matter because we're a family. We are a family, a family of God. But the third relationship is an outward connection. Upward, inward, and an outward relationship. And, and, and Jesus' dedication to reach the lost, uh, the world around him. We look at that verse 17, and it says, And he came down with them, the twelve. He came down with the twelve, with the disciples. 
and stood on the level place with great crowd of disciples. Another, not just the twelve, but another group of disciples and a great multitudes of all people. Why were they there? From Judea, Jerusalem, seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him, to hear the preaching of the word, to come to hear him, to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him for power came out from him and healed them all. There's words, the word of God, there's deeds, there's healing. There's cure and healing happening amongst the crowd. And we are living in a world that is sick and looking for a doctor who would bring healing. And thanks be to God, Jesus says that he has come like a doctor who have come for the sick, not for the healed. Are you here with me? Jesus came here for us. And that's what we're here for. Relate with him. To relate with one another but to, to, to also relate with the world. That's why we call ourselves every nation. Every nation. We're not just, we're every nation Chuane. But, but it's not just Chuane, not just this part, not just Pretoria. But we're called for the world. We're called for the world. Pastor Steve says, you know, uh, Pastor Rice asked me one time, he says, Ferdy, why don't you come with me in Iceland? He says, Pastor Rice, Pastor Rice is one of our founders and Pastor Rice, I'm brown. Who's, who's going to listen to me in Iceland? You know, Ferdy, erase that in your mind. They'll listen to you. Why will they listen to a Filipino in Iceland? This is, remember Manny Pacquiao? I don't know if you know him. He's a well-known boxer. And he says, yeah. Well, so, I'm not Manny Pacquiao though. But, but, but you're brown. It's, it's good enough. Come join me. <laughs> And Pastor Rice asked Pastor Steve and says, uh, Pastor Steve, would you please send, send Filipinos to Latin America, in Central America? He says, Filipinos are not going to work there. It should be the white. It should be Spanish-speaking people who should go to Latin America and Central America. He says, you know, try it out. Let's try it out. For years, Pastor Rice has been convincing Pastor Steve. So Pastor Steve gave in. So went to us, Filipino pastors, and says, guess what, guys, the apostolic team, and says, guess what, I, I gave in to Rice's request. Let's send Filipinos to Central America. He said it's going to work. Well, our Christianity in the Philippines came from, came from uh, uh, Mexico, Spain, Mexico, and then went to the Philippines. So the siesta and all these things, we inherited it from them. Some of our last names are Spanish. And so, and so they listen. And so, true enough, he says, why don't we send one of our senior pastors? So we send Pastor Rico Ricafort, and we send him, and he's been there for a year now. And uh, in Panama, we have a Every Nation Church in Panama, and he's eyeing and starting a church in Puerto Rico and the nearby, uh, nearby uh, nation there. And so I'm sharing this just to let us know uh, that we're in this together. Uh, preaching the gospel to the nations of the world. Preaching the gospel to the campuses. Tonight, I'm gonna be meet, we're going to have a worship service with some of our young, younger people uh, tonight. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward for tonight's worship service with our young people. I'm hoping I won't fall asleep. But, but it's going to be exciting. We're going to be sharing to us that we are called of God to the nations and to the campuses. We're called for this. We're designed for the nations 
of the world. And, and um, I, was, uh, I was looking at this. There was uh, one guy that was being asked by, uh, there's one guy in, 19, in 1959, he discovered a safety belt, three-point safety belt. His name is Niels Bolin, and if I said his name right, and and in 1959 he 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 was an auto engineer, and he invented it. But since during that time all your inventions should be patented, so he patented it, and yet he allowed the other automakers. In fact, they have given the the the, the technology of that, almost like giving it away. To all the automakers, they have adopted it, but no charge. He could have charged at least a dollar for each car who would use the seat belt, but he didn't. He could have been a, a millionaire. How many, how many cars have been released since 1959? Half a million, uh, you know, uh, no, no, uh, no, no, uh, half a, I mean, 400 million cars, if I'm not mistaken, half a, half a million, so many cars have been, have been sold. I get, I get confused. Maybe the jet lag is hitting me now. And, and, and he could have been a millionaire now, multi-millionaire now, but, but he didn't. So he was interviewed. He was asked, and he says, why, why, did you, why did you allow all the other automakers to use your invention with no charge? I like how he said it. He said, in life, because in life, some things are just too important not to share. There are just something in life that is too important not to share. It saved millions of lives today because of the seatbelt. Let me tell you, there's something better than a seatbelt that would save millions and billions of lives. And that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that ought to be shared to the rest of the world. That's why we go to the nations. Come on, let's give him praise for that. That's why we go to the nations. And as I end today, there was a, there was a group of uh, Dr. Cara Powell uh, of Youth Institute of Fuller, Fuller uh, Seminary made, uh, made a survey across the United States and uh, amongst young people. And so they released the book during the pandemic. And the, book, uh, the book's title is Three Big Questions Designed for Teenagers. And, and they discovered one thing among young people, and they hate, they hate cultural Christianity. You know, they're looking for, there's a phrase that they, they like, and that is, warm is the new cool. Warm is the new cool. It's talking about relationship. It's not because you have gray hair. It doesn't mean you cannot relate to the youth anymore. He says, as long as you are warm and relate, they will listen, a genuine relationship and young people will listen it doesn't matter if you some people they act cool but they look corny already but that's not about acting like a cool person it's being warm being relational and then the kids will listen and they ask a question uh, doubt is not toxic to them it's silence that is toxic when they ask these tough questions you just basically i want to hear more instead of giving your one-time answer you just tell them you know what i want to listen more what else in your mind? What are you talking about? Just tell me more. And then, what else? And they want to be listened to, relate. And, and then they came up with three questions. And this is what young people are looking for 
and the, in these three questions. Number one is, the, who am I? That's the question they're asking. Who am I? A sense of identity. How many of you know our sense of identity can only be found in our relationship with God? I just told us today, we were born for this. We're created. Our natural environment is God himself. Remember that? And young people are looking for answer to this question, who am I? Their sense of identity can only be found in God. If you tell a young person, so it's all from within you. Love your own truth. No, 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 no. That is not, that is not trying to find your identity. It can only be found in God. The second question that they ask is, where do I fit? Where do I fit? It's in a book. It's available. You can buy it on Amazon by Cara Powell, Dr. Cara Powell. First one is, who am I? We're defined by God. Amen? Number two, where do I fit? It's talking about belongingness. It's talking about community. And you know that was the last question? The last question was, what difference can I make? It's talking about sense of purpose and mission. Is this not what we just talked about this morning? A relationship with God? Where do I fit? A relationship in a community? And, and the last question, what, what difference can I make? What is my purpose and my mission? We are designed to change the world. We are designed to preach the gospel to the nations of the world. It starts from here. And as I end, I want to I wanna say this to all of us. Some of you here, I want to ask this question before we go. In fact, we're going to take the time probably to even pray today. And this is what it says. Question I'd like to ask. Some of you are very strong in your devotion. And let's continue on with that. Because without intimacy, there will be no ministry. A lot of people, they want ministry and mission. But their relationship with God is cut off. It is not going to work. Adrenaline is not going to last you long. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not, you're not going to last. This is your source. Your relationship with God. But some people are very strong in fellowship. They show up in every meeting, in every prayer meeting, in every small group. But they don't have devotion. They, they, they don't want to go to the world. They just want fellowship. We're in this. That's it. But to some, they do mission, mission, mission. They forget the church and they forget their devotion. I hope that all of us, all these areas are firing simultaneously and healthy. We have a healthy relationship with God, healthy relationship with one another, and healthy relationship with the world. As we end, I say this, Jesus effectively modeled relational discipleship, not just for the 12 to emulate then, but it is something in the first century for us as well today in the 21st century. This is something that we need to be uh, living out, just like what Cara Powell discovered among young people today. They're longing for a relationship, their identity. They're longing to answer that question, how can I make, where do I fit? How can I make a difference? I want us all to stand up right now and when I ask the Holy Spirit, and I want to pray a prayer for us today. Lord Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name that you help us, Lord, today. We recognize, Lord God, that our relationship with you is the most important relationship, Lord, of all. We pray, Lord God, we set aside cultural Christianity. 
we set aside our, sometimes we have this spiritual pride that I'm a Christian. But am I really having a vibrant relationship with the Lord on a daily basis? Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch our hearts today. That you, Lord, make us disciples. Not just learner for the sake of learning more information or theology. But Lord, it's about getting attached to the Lord Jesus Christ in His Word and deed. We pray, Lord God, that you touch our hearts, Lord God. I pray that you help us in, our, in these three-dimensional relationships, Lord, that defines what a, what a disciple is. Lord God, that we are created for God and for Him, Lord, and for His purpose. We are here, Lord, designed for a community, Lord. We're not designed to be isolated. The enemies would attack us when we are isolating ourselves. But Lord God, I know, Lord, that you have designed us for a purpose. And that is for a mission to preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. Lord God, thank you for, for helping us understand that today. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I want us to pray right now. Would it be okay if you realize you're here today? And can we turn on the lights? It's okay. Turn on the lights. So we can see each other. Thank you. We want to pray right now. And, uh, and uh, I, I'd like for you to get, your, get a partner. If your husband and wife get a partner and, and ask this question. Of all the three, which one you needed prayer for? Relationship with God? Or relationship with one another? Or relationship with the world? Which one are you longing to have prayer for? And you're asking, Lord, strengthen this area in my life. Can you just pray for one another right now? Let's have a, a time of prayer. Get a partner right now and, and then let's just pray. Is that okay? Father God, I, go ahead. Get a partner and, and just say, I need a prayer on this area. On this area, on that area. Let's just do that right now. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray. You're seated, standing, whichever. We'll take the time. We'll give you a, a five-minute uh, prayer time.
Last 30 seconds. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can we all, can we all stand right now? And, and I am just so glad uh, that uh, we're doing the World Conference in South Africa. We did it, uh, I think, three years ago. And we're doing it uh, again this weekend. And South Africans are hosting a world conference. A lot of our African brothers and sisters from different African nations will be flying this, this weekend. And, uh, and a lot of our folks from the Philippines are flying. Some of them are so excited to go to uh, South Africa this weekend. And you're hosting. We're going to be singing some of your songs and looking forward uh, to be joining together. And that's our third relationship, relationship with the world. We're called for this as a church, and we're called for the campuses, the young people. That's what we're called as a movement, as a, as a, as a church, and we're going to be praying for that. But I feel like just praying right now before I pass this mic um, to Nidhi. I, I'd like to pray for those of you who are, I don't know about you, but there are some people who are, you know, uh, they don't easily forgive. Uh, they, they keep bitterness, and, and, and you know, uh, bitterness is a poison. And I know you heard that before. It's a poison. And anywhere you go, it will be there. Uh, leaving, if you have somebody offended you here in Tuane, and then you go to U.S., you think that'll be forgotten? No, the bitterness is still there because it's in here. It's not in a geographical location. So as believers, we want to learn how to forgive easily. We, can we be offended? Yes. But can we learn to forgive quickly? That's a challenge. And that's our prayer today. That's why the Bible says, if you want the world to know you are my disciples, love one another. Like, really? Yeah, you love one another and the world will know you are my disciples. Amen? And I want, I want you to bow down your heads, close your eyes. Father God, I thank you for that scripture in John. You said, if you, if you love one another, the world will know that we are your disciples if we love one another. Lord, teach us how to forgive quickly. Teach us how to not to keep bitterness in our hearts. Right now, as we're praying, the Holy Spirit is touching your heart. If you have something in your heart against someone, maybe a family, a loved one, uh, a churchmate or something like that, that is burning, is still burning in your heart, a sense of uh, uh, unforgiveness or bitterness. We want to pray right now. Can you raise your hands? I want to pray for you. If, if there's anyone here, yes, 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 yes. Oh, Lord, here we are, Lord. We're raising our hands in humility knowing, Lord God, that without your grace, we're not able to forgive. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, release my brother and my sister from any unforgiveness, from any bitterness in the name of Jesus. You have called us to be your disciples and part of being a disciple of Christ is being able to love, Lord God, unconditionally, Lord, with those people who have hurt us, who have, Lord, caused pain in our hearts. Lord, I thank you. Let there be reconciliation. Let there be forgiveness. Let there be, Lord God, uh, initiation of asking for forgiveness and not waiting for the other person to apologize. But Lord, learning how to, uh, Lord God, ask forgiveness and, and release people and, and not be living in poison or bitterness in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for releasing us from that bitterness. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray also for those of you who needed to submit your life to Christ. 
and you're saying today, Pastor, you're correct. I'm a Christian by culture, but not necessarily devoted to Christ. I want my heart to get on fire once again in my relationship with my devotion with Jesus. If that's you, raise your hands right now. You're saying, Lord, I want that fire of devotion to Christ once again in my heart. Just raise your hands. We're going to pray for you. Father, God, you see these hands, Lord. I pray that we'll continue to grow in our devotion and our love for you from this day forward. We're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we just give a lot of praise for that? All right. Let's pray for the conference. Uh, yes, can we just take a minute? Um, turn to each other. No, you can let it go. We'll pick it up. Um, turn to each other too, too, and just pray for, for, for the conference that's coming up this week. Um, there's something significant that happens when we gather. Um, something significant happened this morning as we gathered here. Um, so imagine when the whole world gathers together what the Lord is going to do. And because we as South Africa are hosting the conference, uh, we are going to reap the benefits of this global gathering that is, that is coming together. Um, so even if you aren't going to be at the, the, the conference, you aren't going to be there, but you will also feel the impact of the conference that that's happening here. You will also experience what God is going to be doing in, in our nation because of this gathering that's happening. And so can you just turn to two um, and then just pray um, for the conference. Just pray that God's presence would be poured out. Pray that whatever God is going to do, us as a congregation would not miss what he's doing. Yeah, so just turn to two.
Father, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are faithful. Thank you, Father, for the outpouring of your presence that's coming our way. Thank you, Father, that you will not miss us, but, Father, that we will, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that now dwells in us. I pray, Father, that we would lay down our efforts, would lay down our striving and receive your power. Because by our own strength, by our own will, by our own understanding, we will not reach the nations. We will not see change even in our own lives. We will not see change in our families. But we will see change when we embrace your mission, when you embrace your power, when you embrace your calling, Father. I pray for each and every single person, Father, that's running away uh, from, from, they hear you calling them but they are running away from you. I pray, Father, that that running will stop right now in the name of Jesus and they will come into that call. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Um, thank you for joining us this morning for the service, family. Um, uh, just a reminder, if you're a newcomer, could you please come to this newcomer's corner uh, where you'll get your coffee voucher. Um, and we, uh, I'd like to encourage you to continually pray for the conference throughout this week. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. See you next week, Sunday.